Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Sam. And welcome to Drooling Semantics. Hello, mate. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Cheers, buddy. You all right? Yeah, all good. All good. How's your week been? Yeah, all good. Uh, what about yours? Yeah, yeah, lovely. Thank you, mate. Lovely. I tell you what, we have asked each other that so many times over the past few weeks. You're not kidding. Actually, feels a bit weird, doesn't it, that season one of Drawing Semantics is almost at an end. Yeah. But don't worry, listeners and viewers, we are not feeling down in the slightest, are we, Drew? Certainly not, mate. I mean, we've had an absolute blast doing it, and hopefully everyone at home has enjoyed it just as much. We've had such a lot of laughs, and I tell you what, we've definitely had some amazing guests join us as well. Yes, indeed. And with that in mind, lovely subscribers, this week we thought we'd have a bit of a change in format and bring you something a little bit different. Absolutely. We decided that before season one takes its curtain call, sorry, that we'd revisit some of our favourite highlights. So please join us and relive the most interesting and funny moments from our brilliant season one guests, Darren Tassel, Julianne Watley-McCarthy and Mark Johnston. And I guess there might be a little bit of us in there as well. Oh, of course, Sam. Oh, Sam, have you um, you got the necessary? Ready and waiting, mate. (laughs) Cheers, everyone. Cheers. I guess to start us off then, could you please tell us a bit about you, your career, and and how you started or why you started the stunt team? Um, I mean, I started in stunts about 20 years ago. um, And it was... That was my my first journey into into sort of um, the training and getting pulled into jobs with with the guys that were were on it because I was I was uh, part of the way through my training at that point and uh, it was one of those things that I'd always wanted to be a stuntman since a child mm-hmm. um, even to the point where at school the careers officer says what do you want to be when you when you leave school and I said stuntman I said well, man what do you really want to be when you leave school said, stuntman <laughs> yeah. so they just didn't have a clue. Um, so I, I eventually uh, got my chance to get into the industry, um, but then sort of very sort of quickly uh, ended up going independent. So we we set up the team purely because I felt that that you mean know, I, I wanted to go around things a different way. Uh, I came at it from a, a background of uh, a very um, high grade martial arts system, um, and then from a, I was a professional bodyguard um, before. I got into stunts, so the firearms training and the guns. Uh, it's, sorry, the firearms training uh, and the uh, the vehicle drills and you know all that sort of thing. It, it sort of it tailed into sort of action, really. That all that sort of training was was something that I that I enjoyed and and working in that industry. But uh, you mean it was never really what I you mean stunts was what I wanted. So um, after after my training and, and getting on a few big films and and realizing actually I wanted to go around things a, a bit of a different way set up independent and uh, we set up the team purely because as an independent I was I was out there working on my own um, just going on the jobs quite happily enjoying my job but then I thought well actually I want to share this with like-minded people people that that, that sort of um, want to go the same route I do um, and set up a, a real a family, a team that's that's a family because when you turn up on a set, you don't know who you're going to be working with. You you, you might never have met them before. And when it comes to stunts and action, um, 
it can sometimes get in the way a little because you've got to first get to know how each other works. And whereas we thought, right, if we set up a team, start off with with teaching them from from the base upwards. So start off with safety, then they start, then they go into fighting, then they go into all the different uh, sort of uh, skills that that we teach. Um, and that way, we know that right from the base level, from day one, they've got a, they've they've come to us with with a skill and a and a, and a, a want for getting into stunts anyway. And then we we just say right, well, if you start off as part of the safety, you understand why it's so important, and then we take it on from there. So that as you grow, your first um, thought on any stunt is right. Is this you mean? How, how can I help on the safety side? I guess first of all, can you tell us a little? tell everyone at home a little bit about yourself how you got started and and what exactly the stage door is okay yeah so my background originally was um performing so I went to drama school and then I moved back from London back to Southampton and I just always wanted to open a fringe venue in the city just because obviously the amount of them that you've got up in London there was never anything like that down here so um foolishly I had this dream about opening a fringe (laughs) theatre Um, because uh, since being at drama school, I kind of moved more towards the production side of things with writing and producing and things like that. And then I went back to uni and did a screenwriting degree. And then I wrote a play for a theatre company that I was doing some work with. So I was kind of more from on that side of the fence rather than on stage. So, um, yeah, I just when me and my husband got together, I just told him cool thing about this dream that I'd had and um we knew the owners of the venue at the time because my husband had a security company and he used to provide their door staff and I just said you know that would be like the perfect sort of venue with the pub downstairs and theatre upstairs um so we just ended up speaking to the owners and they were they were at a point where it had been the sole seller and which had been a live music venue um they opened in about 2000 so it was a well-established grassroots music venue at the time. But I think, you know, like with anything in this industry, it's it's a hard road. And I think they got to a point where they felt like they needed some sort of new inspiration and mm. a different mm. path, as it were. So we kind of pitched the idea to them um, and went into the business with them, but invested so that we could refurb it into a fringe theatre and stuff like that. But um, And then as that journey progressed, that we they ended up leaving the business and we took over the whole venue. So that was in 2015. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Darren Tassel, uh, a, a superb actor, colleague of mine. We've worked together a few times. Um, but also uh, owner and creator of the amazing V show cards, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. But uh, first of all, uh, Darren, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in the industry for, for people that don't know you or to introduce yourself to our, our followers. So how did you start? Oh, look, there we go. The specs are on already. <laughs> oh, no, I'm removing them. I can I can see you so much better with them on. It's not good. Charming, charming. Thanks, mate. So, uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, look, I started acting initially when I was 13, a local theatre group around the corner called the London Bubble, um, bitten by the bug, as, as we all do. Um, but look, do you know what? Life takes different turns. And, and, and I sat there for another 30 years wanting to act, dreaming about it. And then just over four years ago, I said, do you know what? That's it. I'm, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm 50s creeping up. So <laughs> I, I need to go. I need to go for it now or, or, or forever regret it. So 
I quit my day job. I had a great day job. I quit my job and uh, within a month, I had a, an audition for the Actor Mill Christmas commercial um, through three sets of auditions. I beat 1,200 people to, to land the lead role as the drill sergeant um, training centre. And yeah, it's just kind of took off from there. And, and, you know, considering, like I say, after three sets of auditions, winning that job, a month after quitting my job, I knew I'd done the right thing. So I knew from that point it was onwards and upwards, mate. Nice. Um, I, I used the, com- the commercial to get uh, another movie called uh, Canon in Chinatown, Chinatown Canon. Yes. Yeah. I, I, met, I met the very handsome Sam on. Well, yeah, that's the beginning of, of, of our uh, working career together or, or uh, where our paths initially crossed. Um, yeah. It's an interesting film. Uh, anyone that hasn't seen it, and I imagine that is pretty much 99.9% of the British public because it's like a, <laughs> it was a, a Chinese uh, language movie, um, uh, a comedy, action, thriller. I, I wouldn't even know how brilliant. to describe it, it and we were in it. Fun, wasn't it? it was brilliant <laughs> it, fun, wasn't it? It was brilliant fun. Yeah. Is there one stunt that, you either want to do or you've been really impressed by, you know, you've looked and gone, I want to go at that. Or you've looked and gone, that is amazing. There's something sort of taking your uh, breath away as a professional. I mean, there are so many, um, really, really is so many, but I mean, I think the ones that really inspire me that you don't see quite so much of today. Cause they're just not in, not in, um, in sort of, um, What's the word I'm looking for? A mental block. Uh, yeah, there's not 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 trendy. Um, one of the, one of the things that inspired me to to get into stunts was I used to love things like Fall Guy and um, um, anything oh, with yeah. Burt Reynolds, Smoking the Bandit, Hooper yeah. especially, uh, and some of the car stunts and jumps and stuff and crashes I did in them. I mean, it, you knew you knew purely because back in the day, I mean, these guys had balls of steel and, and <laughs> they were the, the pioneers they were they were like yeah let's try it and then yeah. they found out what was safe and what wasn't so when you see some of the things these guys pulled off back then um even they're the guys that sort of uh inspire me you look at some of the i just love all the car stuff in, in hooper you got especially there's a there's a bit with a, yeah. a trans am and and they're blowing up a giant tunnel and it just misses and it's just perfect time and it's just so many cool things yeah Brilliant stuff. I love it. I mean, I think one of my, I mean, one of my, I think it's quoted as one of the greatest car chases is is the one from Bullet. Yeah. Quite apart from the fact that Mustang, it's like, you know, God, that's a great car chase. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It is amazing. So we we give you valuable exposure. We share all your work. We share your updates, your new photos, your new showreels. We share, and and, and our, our, our community is growing. So at the moment we've got, something like 3,000 worldwide filmmakers following us. So when we share your work, it's being seen by people in the industry. So we're getting you seen. Mm. Um, and also, you know, obviously I spend a lot of time online um, engaging with, with everyone on Twitter. So we see a lot of castings and stuff, and I share everything. Um, so if you follow us at V Showcards on Twitter, then whenever I see a casting, I share it. If I see some a casting that I think is suitable for for one of the V Show Card users, I will tag the V Show Card user in it and post their their V Show Card link on there. So, Amazing. you know, we're we're trying to give you a lot more than what you'd ever pay for. It's anecdote time. Um, <laughs> I wish I hadn't sung. Then I really do. So do we, mate? Um, carry on. It must be. I mean, 
funny, tragic, highlight, whatever. Is there something that, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, we always do funny ones, but is there is there a highlight, something that you can, you know, give us an anecdote, Julianne, put you on the spot immediately. Um, I think probably the first one that jumps to my mind is um, we since the venue opened, we had quite a lot of burlesque shows that were hosted by a performer called Jay Black, who was in this year's drag race, RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm. Um, and they're, they're an amazing, amazing performer, but they would host the show, sing and play the piano throughout, but and then invite all the different burlesque and cabaret performers on stage. And there was a time when they were coming back out on stage from the dressing room and they were, had a very tight sort of long dress with a sort of small hoop. And there's a few steps up to the back of the stage and they just absolutely stacked it. And it was <laughs> honestly, the crowd roared and I don't know how the lighting and sound technician didn't sort of fall off his stall because it just, it went down an absolute treat. And then it was posted on sort of various social media for quite a while with oh, yeah the performer sort of he, they handled it very well and you know the audience absolutely loved it so yeah a funny sort of unfortunate falling over there's been quite a few people falling onto the stage but yeah. that's probably the funniest one i've now got several bollywood films under my belt brilliant um i've been in worldwide cinemas um it was an absolute box office smash uh it's called sajan singh rangroot um and yeah, and again, look, that's just come from a connection. That's come from networking with people. So, you know, that launched my Bollywood career. Um, while, while I was in India filming that, I was hired for another Bollywood film. And then those who hired me for another Bollywood film then hired me for another. And it's just gone on and on. And I, and I now have several under my belt. And it's all thanks to networking on on, on the first feature film I did. So yeah. networking... <laughs> I can't tell you how, how important networking is, uh, self-marketing. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what V-Show Cards are all about. People who are watching on YouTube will be very aware, but our listeners at home uh, on the podcast won't necessarily. You've got a guest stood behind you. Do you want to introduce us to, to your friend? <laughs> oh, that's, that's Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob, of course. Yeah, everyone all, knows Uncle Bob. Better Uncle known Bob, to, yeah. to most as, and I'm either going to impress you or you're going to tell me off, the T101, is that? Uh, it's T800, mate. Oh, oh, I'm almost, almost. <laughs> so, yeah, so for anyone not watching, uh, uh, Mark's got basically a replica, uh, replica, can't speak, replica Terminator stood behind him. Um, yeah, we're, we're just film geeks at the end of the day. We, I mean, that's why we, we love working in the industry. It's, we just collect bits and we got, that's just a small proportion of what we got. It's just crazy. We just <laughs> mad on it, mad we're, on it. <laughs> I'd forgotten about Uncle Bob. Yeah, me too, mate. I tell you what, don't know about you, but I'm really enjoying this. It's making me thirsty, though. I think it's time for another beer. That is a cracking idea, mate. Right, going to grab one. Won't be a minute. Well, hang, hang on, Drew. You do realise we're still recording. Well, I better be quick then. There's some good stuff to come and I don't want to miss it. I'm back. Did I miss anything? No, you're just in time, mate. Here we go. I mean, when we teach our team about car stunts, the first thing we teach them, uh, we sort of do it in three levels. We we do proximity driving first so that we know that you can drive safely and not hit cameras. Um, mm. I mean, safely, quickly, you know, a load of cone stuff. 
and, and you can just do quick camera passes and, and hand breaking up to the camera. So it's all uh, proximity stuff initially. Then it's trick stuff where you're doing your drifting and your donuts and hand breaking into a, you know, a box and things like that. And then the stunt side of it is is the side that we, we can really only practice when we've either got an excess of vehicles we want to try and uh, sort out or um, we end up on a set and they've given us some vehicles to, to practice with. So, because uh, the cars that we practice with, we, we, we don't want to damage them because we practice with them a lot. So, um, we, we practice more the trick stuff, but whereas the stunt stuff, you're jumping or your pipe ramp jumping or you're smashing into someone. And it's, I mean, that's, that's what I sort of class as the stunt side of, of, of driving. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, we've got a lot, a lot of guys that we, we put in as proximity drivers or, or as trick drivers. Um, but quite a few of them will go, you know what? I don't really want to jump a car through the air and land it on its roof. Uh, and <laughs> who can blame them? Because it's, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter what safety you put in, um, every time I've done it, you're in a two-ton washing machine. You know what I mean? So you do come out of it, um, you, you mean, a little bit um, as if you've been shook up. around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. shaken up. Have you got a sort of, Something funny, something serious, anything, a little story that you can, you know. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, look, you know. There are loads, know, I'm sure. We know what the film industry's like. Um, and Bollywood is just legendary. Um, we, we, you know, working on a Bollywood war film. Um, health and safety, mate. <sighs> <laughs> at the door. So uh, we was in the trench, um, um you know, fil filming this scene and they're waiting for the, the, the FX guys to come through with, with the smoke machines, not turning up, not turning up. So they're like, don't worry, don't worry. What we do, we just grabbed as much hay as we can, threw it in the trench next to us and just set it on fire. <laughs> so we was actually, so we was actually in the trench all going, <laughs> and it's all real, it's all real. But, wow. but then on top of that as well, right, the, the, there's 50 of us running across a field to jump into the trench at the end of the field. Um, and we've got guns and bayonets and things. And and, and obviously, as the as the, the, the drill sergeant, I, I lead everyone into the battle. So I'm at the front. I'm, I'm happy. But then when I've landed in the trench and I'm looking back and I see all these people jumping down with bayonets and some some of the bayonets were foam, obviously. Some were real. I was, just, I was just cringing. I was just cringing. I was just pleading for someone not to land on a bayonet. It was brilliant. But brilliant. it's so much fun. It is so much fun. Yeah, no, it was great. And those online shows that we did were, you know, fantastic way of engaging with our audiences and our performers. But, you know, trying to keep a sort of community spirit alive. Mm. And obviously we did... It did help fundraise. I mean, you know, not masses amounts by any means, but definitely contributed to the costs that we had at the time. And I just think, you know, just knowing that those people were thinking about the venue, but also maybe giving people a bit of an outlet to perform because yeah. they weren't able to, you know, get up on stage and do anything, but also facilitating that and maybe reaching people that we might not have done before. That was just really nice. And we did a few... Um, like online live music gigs and stuff that were streamed live from the venue. But again, with that, you know, with all of that online stuff, as I'm sure you know, with your podcast and stuff comes challenges, like technical mm -hmm. challenges that no one knows how to handle and internet <laughs> and Facebook and all the rest of it, you know. So it's quite, I think when you're used to doing live stuff, 
when that's taken out of your hands, it's actually more terrifying than doing, you know, having an audience in and hoping for the best. Like when you're yeah. alive and you're just at somebody's mercy, it's like <laughs> <laughs> you have absolutely no control. It's and I'm my so my wife has a uh, uh, has a show that she put she put online. And it was great. You know, you sit there and you're doing the Zoom show and you see sort of one or two, and you think, oh, that's a bit disappointing. And then someone else joins, someone else joins, and you're going, oh, God. <laughs> and then you're going, I'm controlling this. Yeah. It's, the, the, it's terrifying to think that, <laughs> you know, with a, with a push of the button, you know, you get all, boom, they disappear. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, terrifying. Scary. Terrifying. But I find all the technical side actually to theatre quite scary. Like if I'm standing in the tech box in the venue and someone tells me to do something to a light or raise a fader or whatever, I just start getting nervous. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I've I've just got your battery is running low. Appeared on the front of my computer. I'm going to have to go and get my power <laughs> lead. <laughs> you need to get your power lead. You're you're so get power useless, lead. I know. So I know. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that way and then I'll come back in that way with my power lead in a moment. And you're going to hear me scrabbling around. This is live, live podcast. It, it almost looks like we're just go and do it. Go on, get out. Of, it almost it looks it like we're, hurry up. It almost looks like we're planning this and we are absolutely not. What sort of things have you had to adjust and, and how have you overcome the fact that we have been in lockdown, but work has still had to carry on in certain areas? Yeah, yeah, well... Um, I mean, overnight, we'd gone from having three productions uh, in pre-production we, we were getting ready for to COVID lockdown number one and everything being put on, on the back burner. Um, so straight away, the the stunt work was drying up. Um, but the problem is, if, if we stop training in, entirely, um, then we, we let our skill base lapse. And, and, you mean, the good habits of safety, et cetera, are no longer habitual. Um, so initially we thought, right, how, how are we going to get around this? How, I mean, how do we carry on? Um, because look, we, we've got a training unit in Banbury. We've still got to pay rent on. Um, and overnight we, we had no, no income. Um, so from the martial arts tuition as well, because we, we teach martial arts in there as well as all the stunt stuff. So all of that dried up overnight. And luckily, you mean it's 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 down to sort of um, the team, the backup we have, the family that we have, that we all sort of found a solution between us and thought, right, let's let's see how we can get through this. We've got we've got to do this, and uh, we, we sort of uh, we found the fact that um, with elite sportsmen and and people whose whose jobs involve training, for instance, you mean professional footballers and and golfers, etc. If they stopped for a year what would they be like if they came back after a year? So yeah. we, we had to sort of run under, under that guy. So we were constantly uh, getting everyone um, the, the, the COVID tests and, and you I mean, we were doing all the things that we had to do. Um, we were, we were using a track and trace. We were taking temperatures. Um, we were very conscious about who, we were, who we were near. We basically set up a training bubble uh, with our team, which was, which was really cool. Uh, we still wore masks when we trained and, and, and where we could, uh, there's certain things like we just change certain principles. Like when you're rigging someone up in a vest for, for wire work, uh, normally you'd be face to face and you'd be doing up the buckles and looking down it. We just go off to the side and keep a mask on and don't face them. And just, it was just small things, but you, you, a lot of small things um, mm. and constant gels. And I mean, it, just doing everything we could. Yeah. Um, and, and it worked because not a single person in the team ended up um, 
uh, with, with COVID. Each week, we, we give a, an update on uh, on what we've been up to this week. So first of all, what have you been doing this week? What, what's your week involved? For those out there, what has the life of a, an actor who also runs a, a casting tool, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, you know, I, I obviously run V-Show Cards full-time at home, and it's from morning till night, um, so that keeps me pretty busy. Um, I've had uh, two, two big auditions this week as well from my agent, Fruit. Nice. Um, which is, yeah, very exciting. I, I spent the last couple of days working on them and, and, and doing those and sending them off. I'm happy with them. Fingers crossed. Um, my son is also an actor, and he, he has the same agent. He's a oh. fantastic agent, and he's just got a, a, an audition for a very big television program. Um, nice. I can't name anything at the moment, <laughs> um, but we're gonna we're gonna be working on that um, over the weekend. Um, yes, and obviously, yeah. look I, not, on top of that, I I, I look after my, my children full time as well. So, oh, so, yeah. so you've got a real life as well, then? Yeah, You're not yeah. Just outside. This incredible online guru. <laughs> I'm just not this. I'm not this online presence. No, I've got a real life. You know, for the last year, I've been homeschooling three boys, as well as launching a business, as well as finding castings, as well as you know. People who have been joining us, I've also been editing them show reels and stuff. So listen, my day is packed from the moment I get up until the moment I go to bed. Well, that's packed. brilliant because you, you've answered my next question because I was going to say, so obviously that, that's what you've been up to. What have you got coming up? So essentially what you've got coming up is you're going to have some sleep, I would imagine. That, that sounds like <laughs> something that you haven't done for a while that you might need to, to catch up on. It sounds like a wonderful thing. I've heard about this. <laughs> I've heard about this sleep concept. Um, I, I don't know if it's for me. You must have one story that sticks in the back of your mind that goes, wow. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, there is a funny story. Um, we, oh, we did, you said funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's... Um, we used to do uh, quite a lot of adverts for Sony and, and movies for men uh, and things like that. Um, oh, yeah via a friend of ours who was who was a director uh and um we were doing one for the crime channel and uh it was basically i had to run in uh and a woman shoots me and i go flying through a glass window now in movies we you know, sometimes i'll use the the fake glass when it breaks it it looks like it's fake glass uh and also filming through it can create problems depending on how well it's been cast because if it's cast, uh, like the old sugar glass was very, very sort of wavy, but the modern polymers are a lot better. But there's still, a, it doesn't quite look like glass if you want to film through it and actually see the action as it happens. So they wanted to film it through the glass. So it had to be real glass, um, in which case it has to be toughened glass, because if you use normal glass, obviously it will break into big shards and it's really dangerous. Whereas safety toughened glass will break into little cubes. So, so that's what we use, but it's safety glass for a reason. Um, you can run at it and it's going nowhere. Um, so what we have to do is we have to put, uh, we get the, the VFX guy, we brought a good friend of ours in um, to to put the little detonators on the corners of the glass, so the basic little squibs with it that shoot a nail into the glass and pre-fracture it as you're going through it. Um, and he, we'd been doing all the tests and we got all the glass set up and um, he's done all the electrical tests and tested all the squibs out. Everything was bang on. Um, what we didn't realize was that at some points that it was a big old house with thick walls and it had like um, internet repeaters in every, every sort of room pretty much. Um, and we didn't realize that 
mean, at some points they affect other bits. They, they weren't affecting anything up until that point. But this, as soon as we went for the first take, I, I've run into the room, got shot by this woman, thrown myself at this pane of glass. My mate Matt's pressed the button and the internet senders have literally just blocked it and I've hit this window like a pigeon. It's just gone, boom! Bounced off this glass. And I was sort of looking back thinking, wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, second one was a dream. He'd done that wired because, it, it, I mean, I had to take the wireless element out of it because we knew it was being interfered with. But, yeah, second one went like a dream. But, yeah, it was literally like I felt like one of those pigeons just like that. <laughs> Is there footage of that somewhere? Have you got a copy of it? There is somewhere. I, I, I did try and get it. I, I'm going to have to try and get it because it was, it was funny. I'm just so glad that we've met and, and, and someone has put a positive spin on, on everything kicking off again. And, and it's nice to because Sam and I have been variously grumbling or, or being positive about the future, but it's so nice to meet someone else that's going, yes, you know, we got something yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, no, no, it's great to, you know, be on the show and talk to you both. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? We've everyone's had a very challenging year. So, you know, let's let's forget that, but you know, appreciate stuff going forward and make sure that we make the most out of everything. Yay. Of course. Absolutely. That. Um and that's why we started out doing this we wanted to make the general public aware that just because things have stopped doesn't mean it will all just pick straight back up again without any effort but at the same time we need this support throughout so when we do come back we can come back and be bigger and better than ever Mm. and and what what you've the insight you've given us today just shows that it has been a massive battle but there are lots of people out there who are fighting this battle and won't let it stop, that won't give in. And we will come out the other side as performers, as venues, as techies, as whatever, just feeling so much more positive and, and just we'll get back into the life that we knew and hopefully even surpass it. So that that's yeah. what we're waiting for. We need the support of the general public. We need people out there to, to help us through this and to be there when we do come back. It's as much as supporting your small local businesses who are shops or whatever. This is the same sort of thing. It's not just a case of, right, the West End's open. Let's all go to the massive shows. Look at your local venues as well and really mm. do support them too. Because you never know, you might find a gem like you will with the stage door. So Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, just to encourage people to, you know, know that it is safe. Venues are putting in everything in place to make it a safe environment for people to come and visit. So don't be put off and come and see and enjoy a bit of entertainment again. A lovely way to end it. It really was a lovely way to end, wasn't it, mate? Sure was, mate. Sure was. Julianne was definitely said what we've all been thinking. Get out there and enjoy some entertainment again. Yeah, it was brilliant to have her and Mark and Darren joining us in season one. So we're sending massive thanks to them for being such amazing guests. Yeah, thank you, guys. And thank you to everyone out there listening and watching. We hope you've enjoyed this special highlights episode. Don't forget, it's really easy to go back and enjoy our previous shows in full. There's loads of great stuff we didn't manage to include that you'll want to relive. Or if you're listening for the first time, this is just a small selection of the fun we have when we're joined by guests. So please do check out all our previous episodes. So, Sam, season one is nearly at an end, but we do have one more special episode next week that everyone is going to want to tune in for. You are not wrong there, mate. 
So it is bye for now, but we'll see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this special highlights episode of Drooling Semantics. If you have, then make sure you listen to all our previous episodes in full for even more fun and interesting content. Please consider subscribing as well, and you'll get notified every time a new episode is released. We're available on all good platforms or directly through our RSS feed. Just check the podcast details. You can also find us on all popular social media, and you can even watch us on YouTube, although why you'd want to look at Drew's face is a mystery to me. Again, all links and handles are in the podcast details. We love welcoming new followers and subscribers, so please share with your family and friends, and we'll be eternally grateful. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.